That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Hello, how are you? I'm good. Uh, the reason why we want to have you on the episode, when I say we, I mean me, is because this is all your fault. So, Well, that is true. I, I will gladly take the blame for this. Welcome to My Prince Story, the podcast that talks about your Prince experiences. I'm Dana Marshall, your host. Today, we're jumping on a Skype call down to Alabama to talk to my sister, Vicki, since she is the reason I became a Prince fan in the first place. So without further ado, here is my sister, Vicki. Do you remember why I became a Prince fan? <sighs> yes, I remember why you became a Prince fan. <laughs> You were mean older sister and you tore up one of my tapes, remember? Yes, because I was an absolute jerk and I deserved what I got. And you had the opportunity to really make me suffer and you did. Yeah, my. Uh, so after, for some reason, Vicky tore up one of my tapes, which was, this music was nothing like Prince. I want to say it was either like ACDC or Air Supply. It was one direction or the other, but it was not Prince. And she destroyed that tape and my dad said, you can take whatever tape from your sister that you want and I knew that she loved Prince so much so I took Purple Rain mm -hmm. and from that moment on that sent me into Purple Land forever so all of the money I've spent on Prince related items uh, I could probably be rich it's all your fault that I'm broke is what I'm trying to say I don't feel bad about that <laughs> you hurt my purple soul when you took that cassette tape from me now, I don't think Purple Rain was your first album I, I feel like I remember the double vinyl set of 1999 in your room is that true Yes. Is that your first Prince album? It was the first one I got because someone else had bought it for me. It was not the first one. Like, that's not how I discovered Prince. But that is the first album that I owned. Yeah. A guy who had a crush on me knew that was the way to get to my heart. So he bought me the 1999 double album. And then another way that my sister Vicky turned me into a Prince addict. Okay, so I loved Purple Rain. Then I went and got the next tape, Around the World in a Day. And then the next tape, Parade. I was loving everything Prince was putting out. And I didn't realize at the time what she was doing. But then my sister Vicky says, you know, Prince has albums before this. You should go buy all the tapes that he put out before Purple Rain. Not realizing she just wanted me to do this so she could copy those tapes. And that set me on a path of, I hate to use the word, but collecting. Then I had to have every Prince thing after that. Yeah, I had forgotten about that. Yeah, nice job. <laughs> it took me like 20 years to realize what you did. Yeah, well, I'm good. What can I say? Purple Rain, the whole Purple Rain era, we were living in Alabama, which is where you live now. And growing up, right. it wasn't the most racial friendly place to be, but we didn't care. We still loved Prince. We were still blasting Prince. That did not matter to us at all what people thought. Do you have any memories of that? I feel like it just took over the world when Purple Rain came out. I feel like everybody was on board. Absolutely. But actually, for me, it started in Tennessee. Tennessee. And it was a much more racially tense environment. Yeah. Um, we lived in Tennessee for a couple of years. I want to say between 81 and 83. And we moved from Tennessee to Alabama. We were so far out in the sticks in Tennessee. It was 10 miles to the nearest store. We were in the boonies. Right. Well, the school we went to 
was just lily white hillbilly. I'm sorry for my friends who lived there, but it was. There was no culture. There was no diversity in the type of people that were there, the type of music, art, anything. It was just what you think of of the South back then especially up in the mountains. Well, these two new girls, Vita and Yolanda, had moved into our na- into our area and started going to our school. And I immediately befriended them. One of them was wearing a Prince t-shirt. One was wearing a Michael Jackson t-shirt. I was big into music and Michael Jackson was kind of what I was listening to at the time. Hadn't discovered Prince yet. Well, to make a long story short, there was a homecoming dance coming up. These two amazing girls had taught, offered to teach me how to dance so that I could not make a jerk of myself at the upcoming dance. Well, they put in Prince Purple Rain soundtrack, and I lost my ever-loving mind. I had never heard anything like it. I was, And then looking at the album cover, I was instantly in love. I knew who I was going to marry. That was it. He was my man. And I seriously lost my mind over it. And that was it. I was, I've been a Prince fan ever since. It was very awkward because a lot of the other kids didn't understand why. Why are you hanging around with these black girls? Why are you listening to this, what they called black music? To me, it was just music. It was right. music that me. And so it was. It, the whole racial thing got a little intense. But being raised how we were, not to notice things like that, and especially you know having lived and grown up in Florida, it, it, it didn't even occur to me that oh you're you know why wouldn't I talk to these black girls? It, it just that's not something that would ever have occurred to me until I moved to that area. Yeah, we didn't have a perfect upbringing, but I do have memories of my dad making sure when I would hang around with people in Alabama that that were clearly racist that. He he was not going to tolerate any form of racism from his kids, uh, which, thank God, he was like that. So I did yeah. not get sucked into that whirlwind of hate that was going around, but uh, and still is to this day. But Prince music definitely brings people together of <laughs> all races and genders and nationalities, whatever. That's, that's one thing I always loved about Prince. But w- when we got to Alabama and I took over your Purple Rain tape, God, that was great. <laughs> so I remember we had neighbors up on the hill. It was one of my first girlfriends, Kim. They had one of those giant laser disc players. Remember those? Yeah. And they, yes. Why wasn't that the beginning of something? <laughs> yeah, they got the movie Purple Rain because it's not like as a 12-year-old, moms let me go to see Purple Rain in the movie theater. So you had to wait right. like a year, year and a half after the movie, then it would come out on laser disc. Then I got to see the movie and was like... <laughs> Like, my mind was blown. Yeah, I remember the day we watched that because we watched it for the first time together. And we were sitting in their little back room and they had bench seat out of concrete, like, next to the fireplace. And I remember us sitting there and, like, nobody said a word. Our minds were just blown. Yeah, and it still holds up. To this day, I could watch Purple Rain. It's not like when you watch other 80s movies, in my opinion. Other 80s movies, you're like, oh, that's so 80s. Something about Purple Rain where you're just like, damn, once I start watching, I can't stop until the end where he sees Jill Jones backstage crying after he played Purple Rain and oh my god are you kidding that movie's the best I agree and my whole family they know if we're cleaning the house or we're planning to go somewhere if you see Purple Rain while you're scrolling through TV channels you better do it fast because if mom sees it we're sitting down and nothing else is happening (laughs) (laughs) if Purple Rain comes on any cable channel or or someone's at a nightclub and they play a Prince song people will record a little snippet with their smartphone and 
send me the video. Everyone has to share their moments with me. Like, hey, Prince is on. Prince is playing. Purple Rain's on. I feel like even though I'm there being raised in the same home with you and we both love Prince, it's not like we, we didn't really share the experience together because we were teenagers. I think I probably know very little about you and your experience with Prince. Can you tell me a little about some personal experiences that meant a lot to you that connect directly to Prince? Yeah, I think, especially with us having a five-year age difference, that's a big gap when you're talking about teenagers. Mm -hmm. And so I was out doing things, going to dances, and, you know, while you were still too young to be out doing things, you were still at the house. My number one thing that comes to mind when I think of the time period where I discovered Prince is going to house parties and sneaking into clubs I was too young to be in and just dancing, just finding that freedom of loving the music and, you know, just dancing for hours and hours and hours on end. You know, the way we were raised, it was a little sheltered, I guess would be a good word. You know, we didn't get to go out and do a lot of things. And so when I discovered I could sneak out and I could dance, listen to Prince all night with other people who loved him. I mean, that that to me, that was just like the ultimate freedom, you know. So I think that was my first taste of freedom and first taste of getting to make my own choices in what I wore and how I did my hair. And, and Prince actually influenced how I did my hair at that age as well. You know, the hairstyle he had with uh, it looked like a curly perm, but it was a mullet. Like which album? Um, I'm thinking it's right after Purple Rain and maybe Purple Rain as well. Okay, so, so basically just when he had all of the curly, like, yes. like the big hair and the curls. Yes, and if you look at my pictures those years, I had a curly mullet for like five years. Oh, goodness. <laughs> because I wanted Prince's hairstyle. It's like you're trying my, to mix, uh, mix Prince into Alabama right there. Got a redneck yeah. Prince, a Prince mullet. Right. Yeehaw. <laughs> well, what, what was your favorite Prince hairstyle? Because that's one thing that's really cool about Prince, where it seems like almost every album is a completely different hairstyle. Oh, that was uh, absolutely my favorite. I like the Typhoon do from the early 90s. Remember the Typhoon do where he was wearing the do-rag and his hair was very vertical? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that. Yeah, I like that one, too. And like when he did I mean, the I... video to get off and stuff like that. I was a fan of that. I did not like the Liza Minnelli look he had in the Raspberry Beret video. No, I did not either. I thought that was... <laughs> And when he did the fro, I'm like, dude, what are you thinking? You, oh. I did not like that on him. What creeps me out about the uh, about the afro is he started his career with the afro, and then it's almost like he knew that it was almost over, and he went back to the afro just before he passed. Everything he does, it's it's, it's like he's predicting things. And uh, right. yeah, that was that's what creeps me out the most about the afro. It was a little bit of a weird look for him, but you know, he was going back to his roots. Now, I also really liked kind of the shoulder length feathered back flowy hair i i really thought that was a good look on him he kind of did it twice but i think what you're talking about right. is during like love sexy right yes yeah like he's in like 78 i want to say he did like a flowy hair thing that was uh, a mm -hmm. little a little more feminine the way you're talking about where he's got all this hair like during the nude tour and love sexy and all that i like that too i think he God, did he do that in Graffiti Bridge? Why can't I think of his hair in Graffiti Bridge right now? He's just had so many freaking hairstyles. I'm so glad that he did the he did the corn roll thing for like a minute. I'm so glad that one didn't last because the corn roll look for him was strange. <laughs> 
Yeah, it just didn't fit his his head shape in his face, I didn't think. But, you know, who am I? I'm no expert. Right. So. Listen to this <laughs> being nitpicky about what he what he shouldn't shouldn't do with his hair. But I think it was during right. the Raven to the Joy fantastic album period where he did the corn roll thing for like a minute. And it was just, what is happening? <laughs> All right, so you tried to do a Prince hairstyle. I had no idea. Now, yes. you, along with a couple of other people on Facebook, have said, hey, remember when you dressed up as Prince for mm-hmm. Halloween or something for school? I don't remember this. Surely mom has pictures somewhere. We need to go raid her closets. Oh, God. Surely there's a picture. I mean, I can remember vividly the outfit you were wearing, everything. Like the big, you found the like the poet-style white shirt. Oh, God. So I was doing like the puffy ruffled shirt? Yes. Oh, good Lord. (laughs) Fantastic. God bless our parents for putting up with the fact that I would walk around and talk like I was Morris Day, like my whole senior year. Uh, Yeah. Uh, My whole senior year, I was like, how how did they put up with that? That must have driven them crazy. They didn't say anything about it ever. They never said, hey, you're an idiot. Stop it. Never. I must have quoted Morris Day and talked like him my entire senior year. And I was single. Go figure. Yeah, see, I thought it was hilarious because I I had already moved out of the house by then. But when I came back to visit and you would do that stuff, that would just crack me up. I just thought it was the coolest thing ever. But of course, I'm a huge Prince and Morris Day fan. Right. Hey, did you see the picture of me with Morris Day recently? Yes, I did. And I'm so jealous. That was such a weird moment. He literally didn't look at me. He didn't speak to me. He just stood. He could have been a mannequin and not real for all I know. It was very odd. Now I just need to yeah. meet Wendy and Lisa. That's that's my goal. I think you'll faint. Uh, probably. I act like a freaking idiot when I'm around a prince person. I've met I've met a million famous people in my radio career, but when I'm around a prince person, I just become an idiot. <laughs> Do you know who Morris Hayes is? The name sounds familiar, but... It, Morris right Hayes, off. he played keyboard for a lot of Prince's stuff, I don't know, for maybe 10 years. It's it's 90s stuff. But if uh, after we do this podcast, Google Morris Hayes. You'll, as soon as you see his face, you're going to be like, oh yeah, that guy. Well, he was the okay. music director for the huge Prince tribute about a year after Prince passed. They did a big tribute at a huge coliseum in Minneapolis. And it was Stevie Wonder and Shaka Khan and Morris Day in the Time. And so it was just hours and hours of this Prince tribute and he was the music director he was on stage with him playing keyboards and you know was in charge of the whole thing so after that I am exhausted we go back to my hotel and I get on the elevator and next to me is Morris Hayes and I just become a freaking idiot next to him Susanna just sat back and laughed and watched me look like an idiot I could not control my face that's so funny if you could meet any I like to call them Prince people like who would be the top of the list the Prince people that you would like to meet oh <laughs> this will surprise you, um, Jerome. That doesn't surprise me at all. I would love to meet Jerome. <laughs> Jerome, Mois. I, I just think he's adorable and funny, and he just seems to have the type of personality that, you know, he'd be really cool to just talk to, hang out with, whatever. But yeah, I've had a crush on him for many, many years, so I would really like to meet him. Now, you know when Morris Day and the Time are on stage and Jerome does that thing with the mirror, do you know where that came from? No. Jerome badly wanted to be in the band, and I think at the time he was basically like, I I hope I'm not getting all my facts wrong here, he was basically like a roadie or something. He was doing things behind the scenes. He wasn't like a part of the band, and um, it was his idea. They were literally in a 
a rehearsal space and he goes into the bathroom and yanks the mirror off the wall and goes up on stage and they during the kind of goofing off and goes up on stage with the mirror so Morris can do the thing where he combs his hair and that became a thing they're like you're in the band oh wow I feel like that's genius. Like, how did he even think of that? Hey, whatever it takes, right? <laughs> In fact, when Morris Day tours, sometimes they do a promotion where you can win a Morris Day comb. I'm not making that up. Oh, my. So we have Jerome as one. G- give me a couple more. Uh, Sheila E. Sheila E. That's a good one. She I love her. The coolest chick on the planet. I mean, nobody just oozes that much cool out of their pores. Yeah. she's. I- I've just always thought she was amazing. I would probably stutter and giggle and just... Just make a complete jerk out of myself, though. I, I don't think I could keep my cool around her. I, I've already accepted that I would not if she was nearby. So, <laughs> Sheila, if you're listening, you might not want to meet me. I'll be an idiot. One more Prince person you'd want to meet. I don't think I could narrow it down to a person. Can I say Lisa and Wendy together? That's what I That's what I thought you were going to say. I thought you would say Wendy yeah. and Lisa. Yeah. Because they had such an influence on what I consider my favorite part of his music. Right. That, to me, that connection, just to meet someone. Someone who, ugh, who had that connection with him, yeah, would blow my mind. Yeah, I agree. That Wendy and Lisa are number one on my list together as one person. Yeah. <laughs> Wendy and Lisa right. for sure. <laughs> yeah, they're just they're they're an entity unto themselves. I love Wendy and Lisa. All right, so you're talking about your favorite your favorite Prince era. So is the Purple Rain era your favorite Prince time? So like if you could only have one Prince album, is that the one? Oh, see, that's hard. I, I really have two favorites. Purple Rain obviously is a favorite because, you know, that's when, that's the music I discovered him in. That's when I was going through all my self-discovery as a teenager and becoming the person I was going to be instead of the person I was told I was supposed to be. Right. But then again, for the same reasons, Parade, Under the Cherry Moon. Yeah, that's a, was, that's a great album. Yeah, I was going through a really tough point in my life when I discovered that album. And a lot of the songs are more melancholy and sad. And especially having seen the movie, I, that's the I actually got to see that one on opening night. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> that, I've, I've never that, seen a Prince movie at, the, at a theater before. Well, I didn't know I was going to. Dad had surprised me and said that this... This is so Alabama. But a friend of his wanted to take me out. (laughs) It was a younger friend, but still. But still Um, weird. Still weird. But then dad's like, well, I know that Prince movie you want to see is playing. So I told him that if you agreed, he had to take you to that. So, of course, my answer was yes. Sure, let's go. I don't even know who this person is, but let's go now. And so I got to see it the opening night at the theater, which was just a magical experience. That movie and then listening to the soundtrack after was just very moving and very uh, even now there's parts of it especially since he passed that I can't listen to unless I'm alone because I'm going to break down and I'm going to have a meltdown and I don't want anyone else to witness that <laughs> and, and it's too hard to explain to people this man that you've never met before has such a impact his passing has affected you so much like that's the hardest part for me right. is I can be fine for months and months and then out of nowhere I'll just be upset about it and I I don't even understand it, so there's no way I can explain it. I've never met right. him, but it still messes with me. Well, a friend of mine who 
has no fandoms whatsoever. And you know me, I'm a big nerd. I'm a big fandom girl. I'm into sci-fi and fantasy and music and, you know, the whole thing. A friend of mine who is into none of that asked me, why is it upsetting to you so much? She's like, I get it. Prince died. You're sad for a minute. But but why did you cry? Why do you keep crying? Why can't you listen to Purple Rain? And I told her, I said, to me, he's not just some famous guy who died. He's the guy who, when I was sitting in my car at 18, crying over a heartbreak, he was singing to me through it, you know, and he's the guy who, when something great happened in my life, he was singing to me through it. I said, he's not just a song on the radio. It's the songs that I played over and over and over again. And they connected with my soul. So when he's gone, that hurts my soul, you know, and I think she kind of understood a little bit better after that. Maybe she just needs to sit down and listen to the parade album. Seriously. I told her, I'm like, you need some musical education. You need to just come over to my house let me pour you a glass of wine and we're just gonna sit quietly and listen to music <laughs> there is a song for every mood on that album from mountains to do you lie yeah. to you need another lever like you need a hole in your head i love that album girls and boys oh that's, god that's a great track songs on there that i can listen to regardless since it's passing the, you know the more upbeat happy songs girls and boys i put on if i want to get stuff done in my house because i'm like dancing around while i'm cleaning and you know of course i still know all all the moves to the song from the movie because that's just <laughs> awesome I am. And yes, I do those while dusting because I'm just that cool. I don't need to picture that. Okay. <laughs> And in the movie Under the Cherry Moon, when they're doing that dance on the piano, you know, when they bring the boombox in, it's time to bring her to our world. And then they put the boombox down. Have you ever noticed how they're playing some of the dancing in reverse? Oh, I'm ashamed to say I don't think I have. I'm going to have to rewatch it now. There's a moment when he's dancing and he pulls his jacket off and he swings the jacket and flings it somewhere. And then toward the end of his performance, somehow he magically brings the jacket back to his hand, spins it around and puts it on. They just played that same thing in reverse. What? The, how have I not noticed that? And, uh, and every time I, I every time I see that, I think, why did he do that? That's so weird. Everybody can tell that that's a <laughs> bad video trick. Everybody but me, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, my goodness. What Prince song or album surprised you the most? You know how Prince likes to, like, every album is so completely different than the next. Is there one that came out that you just went, whoa, did not see that coming? Uh, the Black Album. <laughs> Uh, I, well, because, you know, without going into too much detail, um, I did acquire that thanks to someone I love. Oh, uh, I thought you acquired it from me. Who did you get it from? Well, yes, that's what I'm saying. You oh, can. OK, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> it's OK. It's uh, it, you could legally buy that now and we're not going to get okay. in trouble. But uh, yeah, that whole so, yeah, like Bob George and all that. What, four years before it came out, we had it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. At least, if not more. But yeah, Bob George. I mean, n- the number one, you know, if I want to feel like a badass, I'm putting on Bob George and I'm cranking it. <laughs> Yeah, Bob George and Cindy C. There's so many tracks on, well, I shouldn't say so many. There's only seven or eight tracks on the whole album. But it's a weird album where it's all so dark, except for, I think, when Two Are In Love is on that one, which he put on Love Sexy as well. It's like, wow, why is this song on this (laughs) This whole album is so, it's like slamming rappers and slamming models. The whole thing, he's just like, screw the world. And then, then, when two are in love. (laughs) What? 
that one came out of left field. <laughs> I just didn't know what to expect when I first heard that album, but it surely was not what I heard when I pushed play. But I dug it, you know? I was like, I feel like a really, I don't know, badass, like I said, for listening to this. It's, I, I felt like, okay, this, this is, like you said, definitely more dark, but it was really funky. And I just, I really, really like it. Even now, I was listening to Bob George just the other day in the car and Randy just kind of looked at me like I was crazy. He looked at me, he's like, what? is that <laughs> <laughs> I love the differences between the albums I love going from one solid amazing album like Parade Under the Cherry Moon and then going uh, what's the next album Sign the Times That that's one of my favorite albums ever uh, and it's yep. m- it's more of a pop rock very little R&B to that one except for maybe the last track or well if I was your girlfriend's a little R&B and then Adore is very R&B but for the most part it's, it's more of a pop rock experience and just right. front to back and a amazing album and then he goes from that to a f- kind of a funk soul thing with Love Sexy it was just like each album was so different and he was recording them just a couple months apart it was so strange how he did that what I did not know I feel foolish you you remember the Love Sexy album right I had that girl with a soft voice speaking throughout the, the album yeah rain is wet sugar is sweet what I did not know was who that voice belonged to do you know no, I don't. Remember the movie Graffiti Bridge? Yeah. Ingrid Chavez. That's her. Really? He had been working okay. with her years before they made the movie Graffiti Bridge. I didn't know. I have a really unpopular opinion about that. About what? Graffiti Bridge? Yeah. Come on. Don't be negative about my Graffiti Bridge. I don't like it. I don't hate it, but like if I see Under the Cherry Moon on TV or Purple Rain, whatever's happening, I'm going to sit down and I'm going to watch them the rest of the way through. I don't care if it's only got five minutes left or it just started. Graffiti Bridge, I'm going to keep scrolling. What Now, what is it about? Is it the production value? Because the one thing that bothers me about it is the production value. You can feel it's not a Hollywood production and it's like the sets are a little bit cheesy. Is that where you're coming from? Well, I think it's cheesy, like the production value, like you mentioned, but I also just don't feel like it has that Prince magic, like from Purple Rain and Under the Cherry Moon. I just didn't get it. I didn't connect with it in, that, in the same way that I connected with those movies. Well, Graffiti Bridge felt like more of a fairy tale or more of like old school musical in a way whereas Purple Purple Rain and Under the Cherry Moon were kind of like movies that I guess could happen in real life like this could be a real story whereas Graffiti Bridge could not possibly be a real story maybe that's that's where the disconnect is with a lot of people you're not alone but I, I still love that movie well I haven't seen it in a very very long time maybe I should just go back and rewatch it with my new adult brain and see, see if any next with it now what surprised me surprises me now that i didn't like so much when it first came out is sign of the times i was not a big fan of the whole the overall album really as you know the cross is my yeah, it's one of your favorite songs yeah that's my favorite prince song ever um i always make you sing it for me and you are sweet to oblige but <laughs> the rest of the album at the time for some reason i just didn't connect with maybe it's because i connected with the cross so much that anytime i put the tape in or put the album on 
I would just immediately go to that song. But then years later, I was on a road trip and I just played the whole thing and I fell in love with it. And now Sign of the Times is definitely in my top five of all his albums. That's one of those albums I can't pick a favorite song from because I love almost every song equally on it from from the title track Sign of the Times to, I mean, come on, You Got the Look is banging. If I Was Your Girlfriend, one of the coolest, funkiest songs ever. Oh God, The Ballad of Dorothy Parker is one of my all-time favorites. Yeah, see, and I listened to all that now and I'm like, how did I not love all these songs? What was wrong with my brain back then? How, how, but, do, you, how do you ever go to the gym and work out and not listen to Housequake while you work out? I mean, that, that's crazy. You have to do that. And I, it, I agree. Yes. And one of the best love songs ever, other than Adore, which is also on that album, but Forever in My Life. Oh my God. I love the, I love how he did the, the background vocals. He sang them before the line they went with instead of after the way it traditionally goes. It's so funky. And see, I know The Cross is not really one of your favorites. No, I, I love the song The Cross, but it's just, there are just so many songs just on that album alone. I don't think there's a song. I feel like every album has at least one song where, where you're like, you know, like uh, from Diamonds and Pearls, when Willing and Abel comes on, I'm like, meh, or strolling. You know, every, every album has like one song that I'm just kind of like not understanding or not digging. I don't think Sign the Times has a single track that I'm not totally in love with. Right. There's so many. And most of the ones that are my favorite albums, I can listen to from beginning to end and never hit, never skip a song. Did you ever but see Prince in concert? No. What? Heart. No, I never got to. Wow. I, well, you have to realize also, you know, my, my husband's military. So it seems like whenever he was on tour, we were in a different country or on the other side of the world from yep. where he was playing. And so we just always happen to miss it. Well, if you get a chance while Revolution is touring, you have to see the Revolution somewhere. They oh, are killing it right now. Oh, my God. And I definitely want to go to Paisley Park, but I want to go with you. I don't want to just go. I, I would. I think that would be an awesome trip for us to make together. Well, the next time I'm going to Paisley Park will be in June because I'm in Minneapolis for a radio convention. So maybe you should come up then. Mom just asked me to come to Michigan for June. So, so that might be a thing. <laughs> maybe. Yes, maybe we could make that a thing. That would be awesome. All right, so clearly you're a huge Prince fan, but other than Prince, who would be your next favorite artist? Oh, easy. Clapton. Eric Clapton. Eric Clapton. Oh, my goodness, yes. You know, uh, Eric Clapton has one of my all-time favorite quotes about Prince. Uh, yes. You know it? Yes. I, I can't quote it to you, but okay. yeah. Someone asked... What's it like to be the best guitar player ever lived? And Eric said, I don't know. You'll have to ask Prince. Right. And yep. I was just like, oh, my God, as if I didn't already love Eric Clapton. Are you kidding me? Yeah, I've been a Clapton fan way longer than I've been a Prince fan. Um, when I was about 10, our parents gave me a stereo for Christmas one year. That, that year, right before I turned 10, I think, or right after. And dad gave me a bunch of his old albums to go with it. And... It, one of them was Derek and the Dominoes, mm -hmm. and two of them were Cream albums. And the one I remember the most was Cream Disraeli Gears, and that was it. I was in love with guitar players starting at that moment, and it and I have been ever since. You can play me 20 guitar licks, and I can tell you which one's Clapton's. Yeah, I'm, I'm the same way. Well, obviously, I'm the same way with Prince. But yeah, he definitely had his own signature sound. What happened mm -hmm. to all of Dad's records, by the way? I was just thinking about that the other day. Like They used to like stay in my bedroom when I was a teenager and now they're I don't know where they are now yeah 
I don't know. But he had some good stuff. I mean, he really influenced our love of music in a, in a big way. I For think. real, J- uh, Jimi Hendrix, Sly and the Family Stone, Three Dog yeah. Night. I, I still remember all those album covers. The yep. uh, Fudge, Deep Purple. Yeah. Maybe you'll come up and do Paisley Park, but... Bring tissue. You're already a crier. I don't know if I'm ready to be next to you in Paisley Park because I cry every time I go. We're gonna have to like call nine one one when when you're walking through Paisley Park. I know. I'll just have a meltdown. I almost cried when we were talking about Lisa and Wendy a few minutes ago. <laughs> Lisa and Wendy, uh, please do an interview with me someday soon. I just want to look at your faces. Is that weird? <laughs> it sounded weird when I said it that way. Oh well. That's not weird. I get it. <laughs> it's, it's, uh, it would be awesome. And, you know, you would need an assistant for that one. So I think I should be there. Oh, OK. Well, you already made things weird when you bumped into uh, Mad Gerard at the beach. I don't know. I didn't make it weird. <laughs> he, was he was. And I didn't act like a complete weirdo. All right. Although, all right. Yes. OK. Before we wrap up the podcast, let's tell the story real quick. Um, so when I moved back here to Kalamazoo. I became friends with Matt Gerard, who was on American Idol back, I don't know, I want to say season three or four or five, I don't know, somewhere around there. The season that Adam Lambert was on, everybody remembers Adam. And uh, Matt Gerard lives in Kalamazoo, one of the most talented dudes I've ever met in my dang life, right? And so I start getting messages from Vicky just freaking out because she loves Matt Gerard. Oh, I want to meet him. And I'm like, no, uh, you're not going to embarrass me. That's not happening. <laughs> So she's coming up to Michigan, decides to take the family to South Haven to go to the beach. And she just happens to bump into Matt Gerard. So I get a text of my sister Vicky with Matt Gerard, not from Vicky, but from Matt. And I was like, what is happening right now? <laughs> oh, it made my day. I was so happy. <laughs> that was the weirdest thing ever. And I didn't make a butt of myself. I was so proud of myself. I spoke like a normal human being. <laughs> That was quite an accomplishment, considering how many times I voted for him. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right. Well, thank again. Thank you oh. for taking time today. What were you going to say? Something? Yeah. Can I share my one pet peeve about Prince really quickly? Absolutely. He spelled my name wrong. On Vicky Waiting? Yes. I will never get over that. I just had to say that. He mentions two of my siblings in, in titles of his songs, but I don't get a I don't get a song about Dana. But we have we no. have a darling Nikki and a Vicky waiting. Thanks, Prince. Well, at least he spelled her name right. Get show notes, pictures, and more info on my Prince story at myprincepodcast.com. Find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at myprincepodcast. My Prince story is recorded in my cozy Prince basement in Kalamazoo, Michigan. Hi, I'm Logan Anderson, host of the Say the Damn Score podcast. On my show, I deep dive into the sports broadcasting business by, you guessed it, talking to sportscasters. The show has featured big names like Bob Costas, Kenny Albert, and Vern Lundquist, as well as many up-and-coming broadcasters who you may not know yet, but you will know soon. Whether you're looking for professional development as a sportscaster, different career paths, or if you just want to be entertained by hearing some of the best storytellers in the world tell their own stories, this podcast is for you. You can subscribe to the podcast on all major podcast platforms, or you can visit our website, saythedamnscore.com.